Blog Talk Radio. February 18th, 2015. I've had a cold for two weeks. i got a feeling maybe it's going away, but I know you're not interested in that, but you're going to be interested in what I've got to tell you today. Everyone, all of you are familiar with a famous recruiting interview question, and this is it. What's your greatest weakness? What is your greatest weakness? It's an awkward question, and here's why. The person is not in the interview to slit his own throat. So the standard tip that you get from career coaches is don't tell the truth. They tell you to reveal a goof. Yeah, tell the interviewer something you did wrong, but something that makes you look good because you handled the problem well and emerged stronger like Nietzsche as a result. Yeah, the other day, however, I posted a version of this question in my Facebook group, and I thought it was unique because it tried to get past that bluff by asking only for very extreme goof-ups, extreme goof-ups. Here's the question. Tell me about your worst failure on a job where you thought you were going to get fired. See, the candidate tries to avoid the really bad stuff, but this points out that you really want a serious problem and nothing less. However, to my surprise, a few recruiters, experienced people, commented, and they rejected this approach outright. Sandra McCart, the Recruiting Animal Award winner, said an interview is not an inquisition, and a question like that just puts the candidate on the defensive. If he hasn't screwed up, let me say it again, if he hasn't screwed up, he's going to wonder if the interviewer is going to believe him. And she says that sets the candidate up to fail. And that's not what she wants to do. The famous Tammy Colson Zupan agreed with her. She said, you know, the are you good enough to work for me attitude is too negative, and it's a sign of a company where good people are going to be <laughs> good people are going to regret that they joined it. I was going to read her exact words, but I won't. They'll join up, maybe, but they won't be happy there. Now, finally, Kelly Blockdike. Not finally. I'm going to go through a few more. Just give me some time. Kelly Blockdike said it's an awful question, and it's based on an arrogant jerk's jerks assumption that people royally screw up and suck at their jobs or they're liars again same kind of thing way too negative now this is finally Stephen o'donnell the sourpuss from glasgow he didn't like it either and he drew on his own life experience to back up his point i appreciate that examples stories he said when i was a kid I had to make stuff up to tell the priest in confession. And so I told him any old rubbish that sounded plausible. In real life, I never messed up a project, and I've never done anything to warrant a warning. And I advise my candidates to clearly state that they're not about to reveal anything in an interview that could put them in a bad light. And you know what? 
I have to concede that these are valid critiques. It's one thing for the candidate to admit that she doesn't have certain skills, and another to force her to advertise mistakes that make her look like a total loser. Mind you, here's my caution. An honest answer to that question might not be as awful as it seems, because after all, <laughs> some people get fired. And if you get fired from a job, you're going to have to look for a new one, and you're going to have to admit that you did something so wrong that they didn't want to keep you there, no matter what you learned from the experience, no matter how strong you emerged. And we assume that people who get fired eventually get hired somewhere. So, again, the answer to that question cannot be as fatal as it seems. And with that, let me ask you, Jerry, Jerry, can you tell us what show is this? Oh, yeah! This is the Recruiting Animal Jerry, it was a beautiful show. What, what? I got to tell you. Thank you. Thank but you. it was, it was, it was so a new loud. one. I, I've worked on that for about three days now, and I thought I'd spring it on you. Okay, you I liked it. But, okay, I liked it. But Good. but but All it's right. so loud and powerful that okay. it makes the, the the your voice the sound drop right out. Uh, they told me that's what happened because I, I heard much, you disappeared for about five seconds there. Too much testosterone, and I yeah, I get yeah. that a lot. You're a high testosterone a guy, lot. yeah. All the, like all the or, time. Or just, maybe you should just back away from the mic a little. <laughs> huh. Okay. Okay. Now I'll work on it. Now, you, you know, it's, no, uh, I mean, uh, I strive yeah, okay. to do better each week. You can expect more told, from me. Yeah. You told me just before the show that mm-hmm. Jerry's big beef. You don't have a big beef this week. Got right? nothing. Okay. So let's just go nothing. straight to the guest. I met this guy myself a couple of times personally, and when he comes into the room, you can just feel the energy. Yeah, you like having him there, and I'm happy to have him here. John Rose, are you there? Michael, how are you doing? Thank you very much for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Say hi to Jerry and Maureen. They're all here. Everybody's here to see you. Hi. I, 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 I like the fact that people have come here just to hear me get berated, beaten up, and generally abused. <laughs> well, you because know what? It's, you, it's part of our life makeup. If you sound smart, we're not going to berate you, okay? Do you feel like Don't a baby harp seal? Uh, well, you, you know what it's like, because I'm coming from a little bit further north. Okay. Did, did, now you said you didn't bring a song yourself. I chose no, Don't no. Worry Baby. I chose Don't well, I Worry I Baby. Do, I thought we'd do Gene Autry, Home on the Range, just to make Jerry feel comfortable. No, then I realized it's the wrong state for him. Yeah. Do you, know, <laughs> do you know Don't Worry Baby? You, 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 you hum it, I'll tap my feet. <laughs> but she looks in my eyes. Don't you know that? And now we
what she does to me when she makes love to me and she says, don't worry, baby. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Maureen. Okay. You're welcome. John You're welcome. Rose. He's a Canadian. He lives just outside Toronto. He's kind of a Canadian. You'll hear he's got an accent. He uh he lives just outside of Toronto. And uh you know what? Let me see. I looked at your LinkedIn page. It's so cluttered I can't really tell what you do. I'll, I might exactly. get to that later. We'll give you We'll give you some tips, okay? But I know you're a technical recruiter. At least this is what I assumed, that you're a technical recruiter for the defense industries in Canada and Britain. Am I right about that? That's what I – my area of specialization was focused when I first entered the industry was in the – in the aerospace, defense, and uh, special vehicles marketplace. But once I got came over from the UK to Canada uh, I, and the US, I got corrupted, and they said, we don't just want you to focus on just that one industry segment or that one specialization. They didn't want me to be niche. They, they, they asked me to get more involved in the more what I call technology-centric based, so it could be ones that's working. You know working what? Didn't in. I just introduce you as being a high-energy person? When you come into the room, people feel peppy. You're not making me feel peppy now, okay? Let me tell you. Just, if you, you know, loosen up. Me to... Hey, I'm, 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 up. I'm sat here put my feet up slurping you know coffee. What? i got to tell you, you're talking just like your LinkedIn page. It's so cluttered with garbage information who cares about that you were a a newspaper boy that's not what i want to read i mean it's ridiculous don't do it on the show okay i'll help you later on with your online profiles don't screw up my show okay are you recruiting now it's hard to tell yes okay what kind of so you you don't believe in niche recruiting is that what you just said you don't believe in niche recruiting you don't have to have no, a niche. No, I didn't say that. I said they didn't. The, the companies I was working with didn't want me to be just focused on niche. They wanted me to apply my diverse knowledge base into the more generalist okay, role within the technology sector. Base? You've got some kind of technical education, am I right? Yes, I'm an engineer. Okay, what kind of specialized engineer? aerospace systems engineer. I started about learning airplanes. And wanted to fly one, but I'm too big and too handsome to be in one. So they said, yep. I said, the next best thing is to fix them so I know when never to fly on one. Jeez, I didn't know you had to be the size of a jockey to be a pilot, but let's move on. How much time do you spend reading the news every day? Uh, probably a couple of hours a day collectively between 6.30 in the morning and 10 o'clock at night. Okay, is it important? This is a new question for me. Is it important for a recruiter to be aware of what's going on in the world, or is it really irrelevant? In my opinion, is... Starting again with the Fox News alert, the White House kicking off that three-day summit I was just alluding to. On okay, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Anyone who would listen just to Fox News as a single-minded vision of the world that is yeah, disconnected from reality. I don't know if you care. Just start jumping up and down beside your desk. I met you just in real life. You're more interesting, okay? Don't oh, let thank me you, down. Michael. Hey, don't come on. And, and you've got to know news. If you don't know news... I'm going to ask you a bunch of rapid questions, lightning lightning questions, uh, as Steve call, Levy calls them. How much sleep do you get a night? Six hours. Okay. Do you see any difference between male and female recruiters? None. Okay. Does your technical background help you as a recruiter, yes or no? 
Yes. Okay, so somebody, are you saying someone who doesn't have your technical background and was recruiting in your field would not make as much money as you? Yes. Oh, really? Anybody want to comment on that? Because everybody on the show says the opposite. If what you're working in a field and you get to know the buzzwords, you can make money. It doesn't matter. Anybody want to kick them on there? You said as much money. Not what was the money. question? <laughs> <laughs> The guy's the an engineer was, of some sort, okay? And I asked him. I think you need to be a specialist in your, a specialist in your area. You need to, if you're going to work in technical, in engineering, in IT, in accounting, you are better positioned to represent and to be able to communicate, connect, and get all that. Look, look, no, no, let me put it this way. Jerry's an IT recruiter, okay? Yep. He dropped out of university in the first hold year. Hold it, hold it, hold it! I haven't completed my degree. There's a big okay. difference there, dude. And I don't need people saying that all the time. Well, yeah, I'm proud of you, Jerry. I'm kind of so, I'm gonna hang on. up. Are you uh, going to Maureen, would you no, take no. this if you were... That, no, I wouldn't take this. I'd get right up in his face, just like you are. Well, it... John Rose, the guest, Mr. Guest, John Rose. Come okay. If, I'm, I'm enjoying the Jerry, banter. If, if Jerry, if Jerry had an IT degree, do you think he'd be making more money? Than he's doing now? Hell no. Well, you just said if, if, you, if you didn't have your technical background, Jer- you wouldn't be making but, as much money. But Jerry has got the technical background. Just because he didn't end up with a piece of paper that's, that gets stuck on a wall and he's only good for throwing darts at, okay, doesn't yeah. mean to say he has a technical background. Let me add something about technical background then. I'm going to add something that's going to help this discussion. I'm broke. You're broke. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, and I think okay, it's funny John. how everybody assumes that I make placements. Can, can John, we define John. technical background? I mean, that he's definitely not an engineer or a programmer. No, he's not. What? But this John Rose, John Rose is some kind right, of engineer. Right, so that's the point. So he said, but Jerry has the technical background. So how do you define that? What are you saying? Jerry doesn't have any technical background. Six months or three months of university? I've never actually said how much university I completed, so let's not okay. speculate. Sorry. Sorry, Jer. Ah, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Look. But should be the difference uh, as well Alejandro. between... Uh, well, let's just move on. We're going nowhere. Let me move you, on. You're way off your original question. Your original question was, would he make as much money as he does with a degree? And he said no. He said no. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so the opposite, Maureen, is if you've got the technical education, you'll make more money than someone who doesn't, okay? If Steve mm-hmm. Levy didn't have an engineering degree, he wouldn't make as much money as he does, or he wouldn't be as successful as he is. That's what John Rose is saying, but he's I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree. People okay, that pursue uh, technical careers aren't sales-type people. You make more money by being aware of the sales process, making presentations, doing all that, doing the work that recruiters do, than you do by your knowledge of the specific field, period. No, I disagree totally, because you can get a technical, if you've got the technical background and you develop and learn and experience the sales background, the recruiting, the process, you have a more rounded ability to deliver against uh, what the customer's wanting, and therefore you make more money. Well, that's a pretty vague. What do you mean? 
you can assess the people better or you know where to find them in a company. Well, what do you mean by that exactly? Exactly what you said. When you ring into a company, you call into a company, you've got the knowledge of departmental structure, maybe some of the, not just the buzzwords, the keywords, but internally within that organization that may be different than what the industry norms are or the industry uh, buzzwords are. Okay, you know are what? We've got Maureen on the line. She's got a degree in economics, nothing Oh, congratulations, like Maureen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, but Maureen is able, and I know it's true, to go in a company and find anybody in there, okay? And so she doesn't know all those technical uh, things before she goes in. But you know what? She's had enough experience, too, that if you ask her, where am I going to find a person like that in the company? She said, well, you know, it might be here, it might be there, there. I'll go inside and fish around. She knows quite a bit, and she doesn't have a technical education. So let's move on, okay? Standard survey questions. How many people did you recruit on Twitter last year? Uh, four people. Yeah, and were they, all right. Did you source them from Twitter, or uh, how did they come to you? I sourced them on Twitter. I simply did a search, found some people that work in that mentioned a certain company's name that I wanted. They mentioned them. I reached out, exchanged reach information. Out, reach out is not a word. You reach out. How did you reach out? Did you email them, I, or did you phone them? Oh, there's, a, there's only two ways to do it. You blast an email, and you, and you pick up the phone as well. well you, you didn't tweet them. You didn't tweet them. Yeah, I, I messaged them on there, sent a, followed them, sent them a quick message saying, hey, like, like what you're saying. Thing about this now, did they have a company name in their Twitter bio or was it one of their tweets? One of their tweets, really? They okay, yeah, they, they mentioned the company name, they mentioned the, the company handle that came up. Okay. Very good. On Facebook, how many people did you recruit on Facebook last year? Zero. Okay, GitHub, um, I connected with two or three people, no actual hires, recruits as of it directly. Okay, and Stack Overflow? None. How many video interviews did you do? Do you do a lot of them? Um, about 15 video interviews that were second stage interviews. Oh, you like them? <clears throat> I, lo I love video interviews. I think they're, they're great, they're convenient, they've got uh, certain values at certain okay, levels. Okay, let me move on. Let me move nothing, on. Let me move on. Let me move on. Let me move on. Let me move on. Quiet. Will Come Trump on, you want, me, you want me to talk about things? Come on, talk me. Let me no, talk. No, and if I think you're saying something interesting, Good I'll let you point. continue. Good if you point. boring, I'll cut you off. Okay, carry My on. My show is Your I show. try to keep it going. I try to keep it going at least for the first 20 minutes, okay? Will Thompson okay. says you're full of crap if you think your online presence is going to make you money as a recruiter. Do you agree or not? Bullshit. A lot of crap. Of course it is. You've got, you've got to have an online presence because you've got to be found by people. Whether they Jerry like you or don't so. like you. Jerry, because we're making calls out to people. We want to find them. Alleged, uh, allegedly, that's what we're doing. <laughs> you know, who finds recruiters? Right, people say it's the losers who find recruiters. The people who can't find a job or are unemployed, they're the ones who find the recruiters. The recruiters go after the people they want, and they don't have to be found. What do you say about that? 
recruiters have two sides of the business. They have to find candidates, they have to find individuals for the clients, but they also have to continuously improve the business by finding new clients. If they can get new clients or new companies to come to them and like what they see or like what they say or want to okay. learn more, how they many, will do. How many, how many clients came to you last year because of your online presence? Um, the accurate number I can't give you, but I know it's more than 10 and less than 20. Whoa, that's great. What I'm telling you, I'm liking this guy. He's got some solid statistics here. And I think Make. you've got to have, you've got to know what you're doing, the value. If you don't do something that's not going to bring value to what you do and what you offer, if it's something that's crap, you get rid of it. Okay, I don't understand yeah. that, but let me ask you a clear, clear question. So tell us some stories about how these clients came to you via your online presence. One One particular client I'd... I'd never heard of. I didn't even know they existed as a business. They, they they saw a blog that I put up or a comment that I put up about slating a major international renowned staffing firm. Um, I put it up on, on on Jerry's favorite place on LinkedIn, which I know he loves to death. Love it, love it. Yeah, I, I love all the blogs there. there. Yeah, I put a pulse up there, and I got a phone call from the VP that said, "Why do you hate?" staffing firms and recruiters when you are one. I said, no, I hate the bad practice people. Mm. He said, well, come in and talk to me and prove to me you're not one of those types. Mm. Invited in to meet him and find out they're a $200 million company that's private. How did you prove it to him? How did you prove it to him that you're not a loser? I sat down in front of him and I asked two basic questions. What's your biggest pain and when do you need it? Resolved in the personnel side, and you said you've got you've got 28 days, and I said here's a plan we would need to go through for 28 days to be successful. Uh huh. So said, he only gave you 28 days. To what, how, how many jobs did he give you for 28 four. days? One, four. Four. Yeah. What? And you, do you work on your own, or did you have people helping you with them? I'm I'm an independent. I'm a solo. I'm on my own, but I have four other associates that I work and do splits with. I bring mm-hmm. them in when it's specializations that okay. And did well you bring them in on this? Room. Did you bring them in on this? You had one month to yes. fill four jobs. I brought okay, two of them in. Okay, and you succeeded in filling those four positions. Yeah, and I got an order order for thirty five other positions. Wow! Oh, wow! No. Who were you dealing with? You said it was a private company. Who were you dealing with? The owner. The, the the president, the vice president, who were the, the two owners of the business, plus the director of HR and the principal engineer. You know what? In Canada, we call it HR, not HR, okay? It's time you, you learned, okay? Not HR. Now, come on, I'm English. I'm, I'm English yeah, with a Canadian t- twist. Now, now, Jerry says, Jerry says, I know what Jerry thinks. He says, senior executives... Don't waste time on social media. But you're telling us that this guy actually reads articles on LinkedIn. Is that true? Yes, the v- that's, how the, that's how he got me. The VP read it. Let now, me clarify something. I never asked him if he was the one that read it directly himself or someone referred it to him. Executives. I, never I don't care. Executives. Sorry to talk over you, but I will. Sorry. Executives don't spend their time blogging, tweeting, Facebooking, <laughs> cat pics, pizza pics. <laughs> Yelp reviews, clout scores, Empire Cat Avenue fighting. stock reviews. They're busy. A hell of a lot busier than we are. Oh, they do read. They do read. 
Yeah, sure, exactly. but they're not they're not tweeting let's just say at an animal pace. Okay. <laughs> He's tweeting 173 times a day on average. That's absurd. And, and they're not Facebooking as often as you, Jerry. Not not as often as me. No way. They're, they're not but again, let me go back to something I said earlier. They're not wrestling each other to the mat. I'm broke. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, let's, let's clarify them. that. I have no example. So how are you getting up to Chicago then, Jerry? Are you going to walk? Uh, Newsflash, I'm not going. Oh, come on, that bill's going to be depressed. Did I already know sent that? him a note. I already sent him a note last night. I'm not making it. Okay, okay. You know what occurred to me? Why go up to Chicago to talk about the future of recruiting when I have so much stuff going on right now? I don't need to know the future. I need to handle this right now. Okay, exactly. Okay, so so there, you said there were a bunch of other cases just like this where uh, where you got contacted by somebody a client via your online presence. Can you tell us another story? Because that was a good one. Yeah, um, yesterday I was actually invited into a, a meeting with a, a, an IT company that does network services. It's local. It's local to, to the community here. They have traditionally been using you know, a couple of other people, and they saw some of the uh, backwards and forwards discussions that was going on on Twitter through yourself that I, I, I inputted or retweeted and, and shared out to the community because I don't believe in uh, reinventing the wheel. If someone's talking about it, share it out with the rest of the people. You don't need to add and, and, and add padding to it. They saw a comment, and uh, they contacted me and said, we'd like to come in and talk, and we think you, you may be able to help us. So I sat down with them yesterday and uh, sent a proposal to them this morning. And they were actually following you already on Twitter. Is that what you're saying? What the what one of the actual system engineers was following me on Twitter and on uh-huh. uh, on LinkedIn, uh-huh. and that's how they found out about it. And so he passed that, that person passed the information over to the president of the company. He invited uh-huh. Uh-huh. me in. So so like, does Jerry have a way he can backpedal on on some more of these? You know, because uh, he he came up with an excuse for the last uh, time the guy contacted. Did Jerry comment on that? No, because I, I think if you've got a logical argument and you've got a logical business case you, for doing you're something. The first person, you're the first person we've heard telling us stories like this. And according to you, you told us two stories. You've got eight more because you said there was at least ten, right? Yes, exactly. Is and anybody, the there's a lot of people on the line. Does anybody else have a story like that, that they were contacted because of their articles on LinkedIn or their tweets? And they made a, a fortune. He got thirty orders from it. Thirty. Anybody got a story like that? I'm always contacted. That's where my business comes from, from my writing, for the most part. Uh huh. Yeah, but and I think okay, you're the recruiters. Well, but I'm a sourcer, but, but I think whether you're a sourcer, whether you're a sourcer, you're a recruiter, you're a salesperson, you you don't need to constantly be going out, cold calling, walking the streets, knocking on doors in this day and age. There is still a percentage of cold calling and business development you have to do as part of your everyday life in our in our area of, of niche or specialization, whatever. But if you get to be known out in the in your target audience, your target community the people will find you and they will come to you and they will ask you questions. But the biggest challenge I've found with, with recruiting is people don't say no. And we should say no more often. We say, should say no to clients. 
or potential clients, but the important thing is to be able to refer them or direct them to, to someone else or somewhere where... Hey, when did you the, say the, no? When did you say no? Tell us a story about when you said no. I said but no let me, to... Actually, let me back, back off that for a second. I want, okay. I want to know if you'll give us a, a tip. So what's the best platform for showing how smart you are? Having a blog or posting on LinkedIn or Twitter or, or Facebook? What's, what's the best place to, make, to impress I, I, people I, with your knowledge? For me, I have, I have two places where I post. I post onto my Hootsuite account, which simply then blasts it out to, the ver- to, to LinkedIn, to Facebook, because I share the same information across multiple platforms because you get um, different audiences will look and monitor different platforms. So some yeah, will Facebook. Best? What's proven best? You told us Twitter was good for you and LinkedIn. Now, how are, I think, are they? I think are, those two are the best. Those two are by far the the most responsive and reactive. In my case, Facebook is 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 lesser lesser valuable, but it's something that I've not actively gone out and aggressively gone out to promote things to a wider audience. In in terms of doing that, I've probably only got you know 350 people friends contact whatever okay, you call if, them if on, a, if a, on if Facebook. If a candidate or a hiring manager asked asked you to be a friend on Facebook, would you accept them? If I've met them, if I sit down and I know them and we've talked, yes. Well, why? If somebody has found you if on Facebook, friend, it, yeah, because I've got uh, one of my one no, of no, my. You don't want you, you don't want to appeal to your friends. You want to appeal to people who might do business with you. You don't have to know them. You want them to get to know you. Why would you screen them at all? Yeah, but we've got two types of business. We've got the business of clients and business of candidates. It's okay, not what you know, it's who you know. The world has never changed. Go on. Should I ask him one more story about, about how he got business uh, from social media? Anybody else? I'm interested. Anybody else interested in that want to hear about it? Anybody? Nobody is talking. I mean, there's people here. Yeah, I'm interested. Like I'm, I'm interested. Can you tell us one more story, at least, about how you got business from online presence? I did a, one of the comments that appeared on one of, one of the posts I did on on LinkedIn. One of the people that just liked it, and I turned around and I sent. We weren't connected. We were second. I think it was second level connection, whatever. But they liked it. They obviously saw it, and I just sent a, sent a mate an in mail. I used one of my ex- extortionately expensive in mail uh, messages and I just sent her a quick email. Saw you liked it. Tell me what it was that you liked about it, what you thought about it. They contacted me back and it was a director of HR. But a prof- the profile, you wouldn't have said that. It said this new CHRL designation didn't say. It said in Toronto, which could be anywhere from Timbuktu to the back end of wherever. And I just sent a question, and I just and I got the response back was, you know, that you weren't afraid to, uh, you know, to, to challenge people, but also you weren't afraid to stand up and say if one the information you provided was inaccurate, you weren't afraid to correct it. That's the type of person you know, I'd like to work with. Could we have a talk? So I said certainly. We exchanged contact information. She rang me, and uh, within two days we had a meeting, and I got two orders from them regarding, and it was in aerospace component manufacturing. 
Uh huh. And so, do you regularly follow up with people who comment on your articles? Is that a principle? Is that a good principle to follow? I think it's a good, it's a good practice, even to the say, even if someone disagrees with you, you say thank you. What, what's wrong uh -huh. with thanking someone for disagreeing with you because they've given you a new insight, a new thought process, something else you should consider when on on the argument? So. <clears throat> No one is always right. Some of us are always right sometimes. Uh -huh. Okay, yeah, I'm not interested in that. What kind of LinkedIn account do you have? No, but I'm not yeah. berating you. I'm interested I've got in the, what I've you're talking right? I know you're not. I've got the basic, I've got the, the was it the, the recruiter one? It's like, what, 400 bucks a year? I don't know. I Just tell me what I, you've I, got. Sorry? You're, you're, you you pay $400 a year. Is that what you just said? Yeah, it's $499 a year. Okay. Okay. Anybody got a question for John Rose, okay? Am I the only one who's interested in what did, he's saying? Did, you, did, I hear, did I hear you call it extortionate, expensive? <laughs> the, 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 no, the, the, the in-mail, especially with it, the new rules that they've changed now where – you know, they're running their magic algorithm so they can start charging you more money. And, you know, in the end, we're going to get, like, one in-mail. And if it's not successful, you're going to have to pay $1,000. That's how I see them going. Yeah. yeah. You know what? What percentage what? of the you population know, do you think is on LinkedIn? Ask nobody him. does it better. That's Maureen the way she hates LinkedIn. Nobody does it better. <laughs> hate I you know, the way I, I do. <laughs> nobody hates you. What percentage of the population do you think is on uh, the working population is on LinkedIn, John? Um, probably about three to four percent. Okay, well, I don't want to talk about that. Okay, that will bring on challenges. <laughs> no, you never want to talk about that when we talk about the real facts. I just don't want to. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Live in your I'm bubble. Live in your bubble. Keep your head stuck in the sand. But go I on. I think it's interesting though because according to the stats from LinkedIn, they've got mm -hmm. twelve and a half million people in Canada on LinkedIn. There's only 38 be, million people in yeah, Canada, yeah, of which 40% of them are First Nations, and they don't have computers. So, come on, do the math, people. Does it work? 40%. 40%. Don't believe his figures, everybody. Look, <laughs> oh, no. Believe LinkedIn. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Keep on. 40% yeah. native Keep Indian. on drinking that Kool-Aid and right. paying that money. Okay. Look, look, listen. So you listen, go broke. Listen. Okay. No, no, no. Hold on, Maureen, a second. Listen to his voice and listen to mine. Who sounds like a real Canadian, me or him? Who are you going to believe, me? Yeah, or him, okay? Now, now I, I know I can get in trouble for saying that. It was a joke, everybody. Politically correct police, okay? <laughs> My father's got an accent, okay? I confess, it was a joke. Now, now look here. Uh, you said you cold call companies for business. If you're cold calling a company, how much research should you do on them before you call them up and say, I'd like to do business with you? As much as you possibly can within within the time limit, within the constraints. What's if the you time see limit? That it, That's the key question. Are you going to spend a half an hour before each call to do research that company? I could spend a couple of hours researching the company, researching the people. It's not just the company. It's the people that's in the company as well. And can I do the business that I'm calling in and can I deliver against what I'm going to be pitching to them? You don't ring into a company just to get numbers, just to satisfy quotas. You have to ring in and be convincing when you're talking to them that you can deliver what they need and what they're looking for. Well, how do you, how do you, how do, you do that? 
you just pick up the phone, dial in, and you get a name. You don't go to human resistance department. You go into the director <laughs> of engineering. Yeah. You go to yeah, but you, no, no, you, you know, said you call chain. in and you you don't just call in. You call in and convince them that you could deliver. How do you do that? You call in and talk to that person and say, you know, I what understand. Do you, you, know, you, me, you know, why do you want, you want me to give me my sales pitch? Okay. ABC Corporation, Maureen speaking. May I help Hi, you? Maureen. How are you doing? It's John Rose. Um, can I speak to, uh, to to Michael Kielman, please, Director of Supply Chain? You may. I'll transfer Thank you. you. Thank you. It's never that easy. Okay, <laughs> Michael I, Cox. I, I wish it was. I, I, I'd love it. I, I You're going to talk to Michael Cox. He volunteered. Go ahead, no, Michael I Cox. No, I did not. I was just messing with Maureen. You did. You spoke up. Okay, <laughs> Michael Cox, sometimes it, is, sometimes it is that easy. Don't scare people. I love the gatekeepers that stand in the way and, and, and they run the total interference. These, the, the best invention we've ever done, and thank you IT world and thank you technology for giving us the auto dial where you can get the exactly. whole directory and you, they, they yeah. are the best, best tool yeah. for us going. They're good. The real things. person, it's the real yeah, gatekeeper. Yeah, is my friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Well, John, if you're going to talk about that, what if what if the gatekeeper, the receptionist, says, uh, "Who's calling?" Uh, what do you say? He say, told her uh, who's calling. I, I always give my name straight up front. Unless you want company that knows me. What company are you with? Don't make me spell it out. You know what they I mean. They don't usually ask if you tell them who. If, 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 if they ask what company with, I tell them, "Oh, the company's name is Resourceful," and they go, "Okay, okay. thank you." Because All they need about, is an answer. What's it about, please, John from Resourceful? Oh, God. What's the call about, please? What's the call about? Don't suppress me, Maureen. What's the call about, please? It's a discussion regarding services and supply chain issues. Okay. I mean, like, I, I, I just don't think that's going to be convincing, but uh, obviously don't Maureen think. does. Don't think. Don't think. Okay. You think so, too okay, much. So you make this way too it. complicated. <laughs> Maureen's <laughs> right. She puts you through. I am right. Okay. I know I'm right. Okay. She puts you through, or he puts you through, one of those security guys. What do you, so you, my point is, you said you can sell your, don't call in until you can sell yourself. How do you sell yourself? That's my, I asked you that 10 minutes ago. Okay. Tell me, how do you sell yourself? I tell the person who I am. I always give them my name. I don't hide behind uh, fluff and, and waffle and, and innuendos. I tell them my name straight up front. I'll mm-hmm. give them my phone number so they can, they can they have that information there available to them. I then say, you know, I'm in the world of recruitment and headhunting. I, I source and find the top caliber individuals that work in their industry sector, their, their niche market, and I would be very interested in working and partnering with themselves to help them with the pain, especially at the moment that you're looking for a new, a new senior manager of supply chain logistics or working in, in logistics engineering risk management. And I'll just leave it so at you that. So call, you call on specific positions they're advertising for. Is that, is that what you do? Sometimes yes, if they've got if I know that they're looking for someone in that area, or okay, sometimes if it's something they've looked at in the past that yeah. I know is an issue or a challenging area that I can work with. Okay, so you said you prove it, you 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 convince them. How do you persuade them that yes, you're the person who can deliver on these things? I make sure I know who their competitors are. 
and say that if I could get the people from their competitors to join their organization, which of these three competitors would be the ideal source for those people? I'm, mm. I'm establishing that I know their industry, know them, and know who their competitors are. Jeez, if you let, let's say, if you're, go ahead, somebody want to say something? Okay, if you're limiting yourself to those three companies, uh, you know, uh, aren't, you, aren't you making it hard for yourself when the search actually starts? He's no, not because, limiting himself. No, but I'm giving them three companies, and, and I've actually had uh, people say to me, well, actually, the, the ideal company for us would be this company. And I go, okay, wonderful. Who in that company? Is there a name you know? Is there a person you want, specific person, or a specific role area of person you want out of that company? Because how do you know you're going to be able to get somebody? How do you know you're going to be able to get somebody for that company? Why limit yourself in advance before you're you do the You're not limiting search? yourself by offering those three companies. You're just opening the discussion. You're you're jogging That's their all minds. You're doing. That's all you're doing. You're showing that you're not a a staffing firm that rings up. Every every company and has a call list of 150 companies. They must ring every day or every other day, look, saying look, John, we, we look, can provide John, you with John, people. I want to talk. I'm going to talk. Yeah. So you so, say which these three companies? You want someone from there? Hey, yeah, I'm going to hire you to go get somebody from there, and then you come back with somebody from another company. How's that going to make you look? Okay. Oh yeah, I tried those you three don't. companies. You don't. You tell them why they can't have someone from those three companies after you've been engaged, after they've signed on the dotted line and they said they're going to engage you and use you, and you then turn around and say, right, you go after those people. You come back and say, here's people, here's the people at those companies. They're not interested. They're not looking to move. They're not interested in joining your organization. Whatever it is, you give them... You don't you don't waffle them. You say, however, you know I, I there's people over here. I would feel like I've been had. Okay, here's a a, a wise guy who comes and dangles the bait in front of me. Yeah. At that uh, point, you're partnering. At that point, you're partnering with them. They're partnering well, with what is, you. What did this guy pay you, Maureen, before he came no. on? Jerry, are you still? Jerry, are you still on the line? No, he's gone. Okay, Alejandro. Or Michael yes. Fox. Somebody talk Maureen to me, okay? and I did that probably about close to ten years ago. Now I was searching for biomedical engineers. You know Maureen uh, for, that long? Yeah, man. So, uh, okay. so as it turns out, that was a hard get, and there were only a couple of companies that they were going to be findable for. And I literally had to do what your guest just said. I had to go back to the client and say, here's the problems with the, the companies and the people yeah, that you yeah, wanted to yeah. see. Okay, but you didn't – look, if I sell myself as somebody who can go out and bring in people from company A, B, and C, and then they on that basis they give me the order, and then I come back to them and say, oh, you know what? I spoke to the people there, but none of them were interested. You're, you're, you know, you're BSing the guy. I mean, no, uh, you're not. It happens no. sometimes. It happens sometimes. You give them the intelligence of what's going on in the market. because a lot of the time. It it depends on what the reasons are, too. You can't just say, Uh oh, well, you know, they didn't – nobody cares. you got to tell them what's actually going on, whether it's price point, whether it's, you know, your company's not competitive because they're not growing the way these other guys are, or whatever is going on in the market. You know, the same thing. The guest obviously knows his segment. You know, he knows what's going on with the companies in his vertical. So he's going to be able to give informed rationale why these things are happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just, uh, yeah, that, that Michael, when you think about it, Michael, you, 
You look at Toronto. No, 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 Michael Cox. Michael Cox, Michael. please. Uh, it's very simple, but that just that just that initial conversation that he's having and mentioning, I know your organization, I know these competitors of yours, sets them apart by far from all of the competition or mm-hmm. the typical agencies that are out there. Mm-hmm. And he's earned the right to move forward and also with the expertise that he's already mentioned and kind of has already built that that clout with that client, he, he's going to be a bit more respected when he comes back and says, I reached out to the individuals that you had mentioned or the companies that we had agreed were a good match for, for possible uh, candidates for you. This is what I found. And I also found these other candidates that are very similar. You know, I, I can't see uh, somebody rationally just throwing back that back in his face and saying, you lied to me, this is, you know, you've completely um, just snuck in here. No, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Okay. Well, I agree. I'm, alone. I'm, I'm all alone in this. Okay. You are. You know, it's, it's am, kind of like, you, it's also, That's many, why of, Jerry my left. <laughs> Jerry, many, Jerry's many of my customers will have. To go to Chicago. Although, you know what, I have to say something. You know, yesterday, uh, Stacey Donovan Zappar really scolded me harshly because uh, she had posted on Facebook that lots of people are asking her to, you know, take a look at their new products and, uh, you know, mentor them and all kinds of stuff because she's very popular right now. She didn't say that's the reason, but obviously it is. So I reposted her uh her, and she said, if anybody wants to step up and help me with these things, go ahead. So I reposted it in my Facebook group, and I said, you know, Stacey Donovan Zappar is now so popular that the vultures are closing in. And, you know, they're asking her, and I gave the exact same things, that they're asking her to do this, 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 and this. And, you know, she'll take some help if anybody wants it. She got in touch with me, and she said, like, kind of, how dare you do that? I don't know what I did, but I said, okay, you know, I'll delete it. You just won't get any help from my group. But the same thing is happening to Jerry. Chicago is four hours away from Jerry, and he's expected to drive in there and drive back just to share his knowledge with other people. And he he's busy. He's a busy man. He's too busy to listen to this show, even though he's, the, you know, supposedly a, a sidekick, a regular. Okay, so that's the world to this minute. Now let me move on. I'm gonna, a Jim McMahon. So what's, Mc what's wrong with Jerry driving four hours up to Chicago, going to sit down and, and, and have a conversation and share incentives, ideas, initiatives, arguments. Didn't you read what Jerry said on, on Facebook today? He said, I don't learn anything here. I just see that, you know, sometimes what I know already is confirmed by other people, okay? Whereas now his clients are dependent on him to make, uh, make money, okay, for them and for him. I have to move on. I've got an Although attitude. Jerry's lying, by the way. Okay, should I? <laughs> is it close? <laughs> you know what? It is close. Sometimes these things are close. Am I on? You are yeah, on. Yeah. God, that was painful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, i got to do an ad. Jeremy Ames was a recent guest on this show. He's an HR systems consultant, and he wants you to know that if you need an HR system, he can find one and implement one that is totally suited to you. And you can find him at HiveTechHR.com. HiveTech, as in BeehiveTechHR.com, or you can call him at 
1918. I have never used them myself because I don't have that need, and I'm not getting paid for this. So, I mean, you know, use at your own risk, but he seems like a good guy. Okay. Uh, Jerry, do you have something you want to say? I've got nothing. Okay. Okay. Any, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so pissed two? off from you blocking my line for whatever I reason. I didn't block it. Sometimes you spontaneously. Yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm talking and talking. Next thing you know, 20 minutes later, you're saying he's not even on the line. You don't even care about me anymore, man. Gosh. I was he's actually just know what he's getting like halfway home from Grandma's house, figuring out you left one of your kids there. It's like, hey, what's the deal? Too many it kids. Happens. Didn't you see Home Alone? Didn't you yeah. see Home Alone? Yes. Okay. Persuading the client. Now that Jerry's here, I'm going to let you argue with him. If an employer rejects a candidate you like, do you argue with them, John? I want to know why. I wouldn't say I would argue with them. I would want to get clarification as to why they've rejected someone. Nothing wrong with that. And all you're Jerry doing said, is you're... Jerry says, you, when but do you, you start do, You've got to stand and fight your corner. If you honestly believe that your candidate is the best thing since sliced bread, is the ideal, perfect person for that, You've got to stand and fight the corner for two reasons. One for that candidate, but one also, the more important one, is one for your wallet. Yeah, Typically, okay. the, 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 those, even if you do get them to interview your person, that's a 1 in 50 shot or a 1 in 80 shot of them getting hired. I, I say spend your time. Find out why they don't want to interview the guy or gal. I mean, yeah. refine it, clarify it, then go find that person. Animal will just badger somebody into a corner. Hey, you told me to go find somebody from that <laughs> company, and I did. And what do you do? Get. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, you're right. You're right, because John made a point. What do you want <laughs> me to do? Another search? What? <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, that's another thing, John. Well, let's say, you know, you have the client, you go out and find someone, then they change their their job specs, okay? Should you make them pay extra? Because they're really making you do two searches instead of one. Well, that's the difference between contingent and retained, isn't it? If they're going to get to where they're going to keep on changing the requirement, and usually if they've done it once, they'll do it twice, three, four times, they've got to start paying for your time. It's time and, time and material as far as I'm concerned. Has it ever happened to you? Do you only work contingent yeah. or re- re- you're contingent? I do, I do both. I do contingent and retained. Okay. But what if you're on a contingent search and they change the spec? After you found someone who meets the first spec, what do you do? You, you, you put your hand over the telephone, over the, the, the microphone so they can't hear you. You curse, you shout, you bang your head. Then you go, okay, let's sit down and let's look at this again. Because if you want to keep their business... If, there are, if, if it's human resistance that's, that's doing it and changing everything, then you've got to cut them out of the loop and you've got to get to the hiring manager, the decision maker, the, the, the person that's going to sign the check, whatever it is, that's going to approve it and get off the But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on a minute. Yeah. Is, Animal, regarding your question, is the manager rejecting the candidate because he says they don't have the experience? Or no, no, is he saying that he's changed the job, he doesn't want an analyst, now he needs an actuarial scientist or something? Is he changing the, the position altogether? That's a whole different topic. No, no, they don't change it altogether. They modify it. Maybe they change the money. Maybe they change some well, of the Well, let me tell you something. 
Let me tell you why I'm such a huge success. I'm going to tell everybody this. I'm going to tell you one time. It's because I know for a fact position requirements change from the time they get the okay to hire somebody through the process of your customer interviews of few people and discussions come up during those interviews with other team members, and then it's finally decided, hey, no, we don't need somebody that does that. We need half of that and also some of that. So the recruiter that can stay on top of the changing, flowing position dynamics, that guy is the guy that kicks ass. That guy is me. <laughs> okay. you know, you've got your sales pitch, Jerry. I agree entirely with you on that. Because Thank you, John. That, Thank you. We, that we happens know that. in the sourcing channel, too. Yeah, all the time. It's, yeah, yeah. it's the recruiter that wants to hide in a box for four weeks Come up with some resume and then demand that the customer interview this guy now. Yeah, that guy true. is standing there pissing in the wind more often than not. Yeah. Oh, that was a Midwest term. Sorry. Pissing Trevor, in the wind. Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Smith. Trevor Smith says this is a very good, great insight. He's enjoying the show. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, Jerry, what I hear you saying is that go ahead, kick me, client. I don't care. I, I you won't get rid of me. Okay, I'm hanging on to your leg, and I'm gonna kiss it as long as I have to. That's what I hear. They're they're screwing. Uh, up. You gotta have that positions, dude. Requirements change throughout the process of 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 the life cycle. The recruiter, hey, Jerry. the recruiter Jerry. that's expecting to know what those changes are and stay up with them. First of all, it shows that you're in touch with your customer. They're telling you what's going on. They are helping you find the right guy for them. That's the winning recruiter. Who wanted to talk? And if if you want to go through that whole process, badgering your customer, making them feel bad because they changed a little bit, you're going to lose. Loser. Hey. Hey, Who's saying something? It's Blake. Blake Cannon. Dude, have you ever seen this guy pheasant hunt? Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Listen, I want to hear what Blake has to say, Jerry. Give him a chance, will you? This is my show. So the reason I the reason I was late to the call was because I was on a on a call with a managing director that's got four openings right now. He yeah. sent an email while we were on the call to one of the HR business partners to provide me with access to their SharePoint drive uh, so that I could see their position requisitions because every Thursday they update them and the requirements change. Weekly, mm-hmm. oh. just to verify what Jerry was saying. Weekly they mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then yeah. that so, brings us so back late. to my post earlier on the Facebook page. I'm not here to learn anything. I'm here to confirm what I already know. Okay. <laughs> I told you. Okay. So, so, you know what, John was challenging. Like I have 17 oh, cups no. of coffee today. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, hold on a second, Blake. What if you spend 20 hours on the job, you find somebody, and then they say, oh, sorry, we changed the spec. What do you do? you, you got to roll with Tough it. shit, man. Jeez, that's Blake, the business Blake. we're in. you Blake. got 20 hours. you got to get make sure you get paid on the 20 hours. you got to decide if you still want to get paid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Give, him a, give Blake a chance, okay? You know the song? I heard, I heard what that guy said. No, he wants to, uh, what, I, what I heard him say earlier was that, that he will want to get clarification on why uh, the guy wasn't a fit. But then yeah. two seconds later, he said, 
that he wants to fight for his wallet and fight for the cable. Yeah. So what is it? You going to fight for the person, or are you, are you just going to get clarification? What do you advise? What do you advise, Blake? What do you advise? If, Why if do I'm I have invested in the person, I, if if I've done a good enough job on the front end to figure out what it is they want, and if I know my client, the culture, and what the day in the life of that person is going to be, and I know this person's the right person, and I've done all my homework on the front end, I'll fight tooth and nail for the candidate. Always. Okay. So Jerry said that's not good because, you know, that's not going to be a placement. Once a guy candidate goes in. He's done it to in, me. He's done it to me. Jerry's fought contact. for people before. But that's what okay. you hey, let's, let's keep you're, real life out of this. Like this a, is a theoretical. Real life. Okay. So. Uh, so. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, one quick point. Uh, Blake had posted in the Facebook group, Recruiters Who Actually Make Placements, yeah. that he is looking for a few contract recruiters. 20. 20 of them. 20. Blake, how can people get in touch with you? So, I mean, you can email me at my personal address, but I, I would say just email me directly at blake.cannon at Accenture.com. And let me put some context into what he's talking about. We we actually – I had a meeting with the, the global director of sourcing uh, last Monday, and he was – His name's and was No, his name's not Shally. Uh, but he was um, – <laughs> He was on a call, hung the phone up, and he said, man, he said, we're having a hard time finding good recruiters right now. And I said, how many do you need? And he said, approximately 20 right now that we could get hired as long as they're in a, a city that has it. And here's the kicker. It has to be within 100 miles of an Accenture office or a 90-minute drive. So if you look on the Accenture site and you're within 100 miles, 90-minute drive, they'll hire you as long as you've got good – I mean, they're not just hiring any old Joe – um, you know, that makes a, a, a list that says they're, a, you know, some kind of influencer or anything like that. Mm. They want somebody with real skills. Oh. Okay. Thank Just you, saying. Blake. Last, you know, the show's Ooh, over. Yeah. I got the last question. <laughs> Jerry, is there an after show? Of Jerry, course there's an after show. Oh, come on. Yeah. Okay, fine. What, man, yeah, what's like with the attitude, the dude? I... Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't care about it. You're too busy. You've got commerce distracting you. Okay. John I am Rose, busy. John Rose, last question. Do you leave voicemail? Do I leave voicemail? When you're trying to contact somebody who you haven't spoken to yet, do you leave voicemail or do you just try to... If I've never spoken to them, no. Why why would you want to listen to a voicemail from someone that you haven't got a clue is? It's worse than bloody telemarketers or or political parties looking for finding which way. No, get rid of it, delete. That's the first... Ninety percent of the people will do so that. You'll so just you wait till you get older of them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Any, is, is that your last parting? Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say for at the end of the show? Anything else you want to say for the last couple of minutes? I I, I, lo- I love the uh, the to and fro banter that we've been uh, we've been doing, and it's all valuable contribution. And just like Jerry says, I learn every day. No, sorry, I don't learn every day. Do I? <laughs> It was a really good show, John. Thank you for oh, being Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, John. So, John, yep, thank you. if somebody, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, I didn't. I, I stopped saying this at the beginning because I don't know if people want to really identify themselves. But if somebody wants to get in touch with you uh, online, I know you've got two different Twitter accounts. One's John Rose CPC, and one's Resourceful John. Like, which is what are they? Why do you have two? 
I have, I have two because the some some other inconsiderate persons got John Rose before me, so I had to find one that uh, was an identifier. Resourceful John, I tend to use for more generic, generalised things. I have different people on there, but the, the John Rose CPC is the Twitter account I'm focusing on for the recruitment side of the activities and business. If you have a website but, or something, if somebody wants to get in touch with yeah, you. Yeah, if you want to give me the, the easiest way, whether you want to use Google, Bing, or whichever search engine, just put Resourceful John or John Rose CPC, and you you will find me on there. You, well, you are a CPC then? Yes, I am. How long have you been? I'm, John Rose, thank you! Question for John Rose, CPC. Yeah, I'm still here, Jerry. <laughs> okay. I thought that was a, a United States, uh, it was a, a U.S. thing. Were you down here to get your CPC? I. The reason I yeah, asked yeah, you, I got I, my, I have I got a CPC my, as well. Yeah, I got my CPC through NAPS, but also in Canada, before they deregulated the profession, that was the, the CPC was the designation that they gave back in in 1999 when they first came over, and nice. then they de, then they deregulated and now everyone can call them recruiter, staffer, talent consultant, whatever they, whatever they want yeah. to be nowadays. Yeah, all right. I mean, I, 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 there are so few of us left. I, I know. We, 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 we keep plodding through, Jerry. We need to we need to have like one of those uh, a yearly. Hey, this is my show. No, <laughs> we need one of those get-togethers, John. Like like CPCs where like like World War One veterans get together and there's like eight of them in wheelchairs and stuff. Jerry, you went you went through a whole show with Mike Raymer telling him how valueless the CPC is because he said you know it adds. Oh, did you hear me? Did was I talking about value? <laughs> <laughs> you must have misheard me there. I was just asking where he got his CPC. Uh, yeah, you know, okay. I almost renounced my CPC designation several years ago publicly on Facebook. And a lot of people jumped on me. They said it was ridiculous. Hey, Jerry. I'm going to jump off, off the line. i got to get okay. ready for a conference call. 97. 97. Yeah, it was a strong show. Strong uh, right. show. Okay, and Alejandro is not a CPC, so we... Reduce his score by ten. So that's an eighty-seven. Yes, but, but, he, but he invited me to connect on LinkedIn as a result of this show, so he goes back up. There you go. All right, John, loved having you, but it's time for you to scram because what we're going to do is discuss your performance on the show, and we feel that your involvement in the after show is going to sway people's uh, ability to speak the truth. So hang up and listen to what we're going to say about you. I'm going to do, man. You take care, everyone. Thank you. Yeah, see ya. Bye, John. Good guy. Really? Really? I'll give it a 91. (laughs) It was a really good show. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a really good score too. I'm sorry, I missed it. It was a really good show. When did you come in? Oh, right when he was asking about 
does he? Um, it was right, right before Jerry got back on the call. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was pretty far in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Blake, you you got your calendar handy? I do. Blake, <laughs> um, we arrive at hunt camp on uh, Saturday night, October thirty first, and then we're gonna hunt Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Oh, good. So through the fourth, so that's already booked. I already sent the deposit. And all that stuff. Get to he, a new cabin, or we got to stay he, downstairs again. He believes that they will have that done by August. I sure hope so, man. I can't party in Grandma's basement. Yeah. It's just uh, I really feel restricted. Though we did, we did make it work, though, didn't like we? That. We made we it work. Yeah. It was good for me, you know. I had that yeah. room by myself and everything. It was all just beautiful. Mm. Uh, so what did you think about the uh, part of the show that you did here then, Blake? Oh, it was good because I did a lot of talking, so it was uh, it was really mm-hmm. good. You okay, know. you got uh, it all. No, I, I, yeah, I like the I like the guy. Uh, you know, sounds like he he knew what he was talking about. But uh, to answer his question about you know why he doesn't leave voicemails, it's because of that funny accent. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> If I had an accent, I'd use it. I would exploit it. <laughs> a lot I'm of people kidding. do, I think. <laughs> that's the problem here in the Midwest. We're the only people that don't have an accent on the pla- on the planet. That, that's true. That's it's, true. It's they pay problem. big money. They we pay got, big money in broadcasting school. We got sound screwed, like us. Maureen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think we got screwed. I, I want an accent. <laughs> you know that, don't you? They pay big money in broadcasting schools to pay sound like us. Really? Mm-hmm. Teach them to sound like us. I'd like to be one of those guys that teaches those Indian call centers, like <laughs> colloquially, <laughs> collegial speak. Yeah. Tell them that and say, that's cool. You should get the job of choosing their American names. Yeah. That, Jay. That would be a good job to have. Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Ramadan. Uh, yeah, shortening up their names. That'd be, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Or Donnie. <laughs> we could do a whole show on that. <laughs> My name is Randy. Alright, the animal's going to get on here and say that we're being racist, though we're not. It's a it's a funny global chuckle here. No, it no, would be no. Fun. No, so. <laughs> yeah, he will. Okay, he will. I need some scores here. Should I just 90. give this a 90? I'm going to give it a 90. Only 90. because if I gave it a 95 or a 98, you'd yell 90. at me. 90. Mm-hmm. Alejandro gave it a 97. I, oh, good for you, yeah. Alejandro. <laughs> I think Animal is starting to do a better job of not stepping all over people's answers. I know it's tough for him, you know, because he's got so much to say. I don't know. You were you know were you on the whole time, Jerry? Did he have you blocked? Because he was really giving the guys some no, business. No, I, I I had to take a business call. Okay. Well, he was he was really giving him some pushback about um, about how he handles customers there for a while. Yeah. Okay. So we had to go to bat. For, we had to go to bat for John for a while. Somebody's got something to say. Are you still friends with Karen Matinen on Facebook? Who are you asking? Jerry. Uh, I'm afraid if I even mention her name, she's going to be all over me like batshit craziness, and I don't need it. Dude, she sent me she sent me three free requests. I keep declining it. Oops, delete that. It. Delete that over. part, animal. Cut that out. Don't make that public. <laughs> Why? 
I, I stop sending me friend requests. I ain't got time for that. You know, I might if I'm if I ever just find myself bored to death, I might just friend her up again and just go to town because that's that's some craziness right there. You just you just don't get exposed to that craziness often enough. You know, you just don't. Yeah. Hey Blake, how's come you missed out on the uh, custom made profile pics that I see several? Tammy Colson's is the best. Oh, I'm telling you. I just figured you'd make one for me. I figured you'd make one for me anyway. I I know, and it's already done now. There are no more. Oh, you're going to resurrect that, I hope. Never. Oh, no. You can't put that one to sleep. You know, (laughs) poor Orsolia from uh, Ukraine. Yeah. I, I couldn't capture she she's a beautiful beautiful young lady and I couldn't quite capture that so I debated on even putting it on there for like several days. I'm not I just couldn't do it. But then I finally did and I, I hope that she didn't you know I'll have to go look. Tammy's is the best. There's a few other ones. Uh, Jackie's I think looks pretty good. I love you. Oh, there are some there are some really good ones. <laughs> but Tam Tammy's is fantastic. Tammy's is good. <laughs> Oh, Suzanne's is good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, anybody else have any thoughts on the show? Anybody? No? I thought it was a no, great sure. show. It was a good show. Good mm-hmm. show. I just like talking to people that know what they're doing. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's like a rare deal on the animal show anymore. <laughs> I don't yeah. know about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's... He's had some frequent guests here that are clueless. I, I can't I can't suffer ignorance for a whole hour every single week, so I'm glad he mixed it up a little bit. Stan, <coughs> I'm not naming names, so anybody. It's a good thing. Nobody knows. <laughs> okay, you guys have a super rest of your week. Uh, you too. Blake, write that down on your calendar though, because it's it's on, it's happening. I mean, it's Pinned it in already. We're there. I sent him the check, so. All right. All right, man. So see y'all. Thanks, Take bro. it easy. Bye. See Bye. you. Thank you. Bye. I can see. This is what you say. I can see in your face when you're uncomfortable in your clothes. Uh-huh. Help your Help your body out before you have a problem. That's what you say. And here's your advice. Use body glide on your inner thighs <laughs> and under... <laughs> And under tight bra straps. Where is Lori when you glide? have that prickly heat syndrome animal? What's body glide? What's body, body glide? glide is what marathoners use or what um, chubby girls use, like me. I've used it on my thighs, you know, when they rub back and forth together. That's you say, getting good. You say there is monistat soothing care chafing relief. Awesome. Vagisil satin. Sorry, I don't know what those are. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. Can I? Can I tell you something? If you are itching or uncomfortable, I can see it. I can see it. Take care of that stuff before you come in my office. Okay. Then you said, does your clothing smell perfumey with a hint of body odor at the seams? If so, wash your wash your clothing with wind. So you want to get those smells out. Don't come in my office and smell like you've been working until like 10 o'clock at night the night before. Wash your clothes and that stuff. It just eliminates Man, the smell. Man, why don't you drop, the, drop ship that from your site? 
Here's some more. Women should wear women should wear a good bra. It's tempting to wear a sports bra, but go to Nordstrom Rack. I disagree. And buy Le Mister. <laughs>